RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. A medical expert cautions against easing up on hotel quarantine rules. Vendors at a wet market in Yautong step up hygiene measures after a shopper contracts COVID-19. And New Zealand and Australia set the date for the launch of their travel bubble. An infectious diseases expert has urged caution on the idea of reducing quarantine requirements for people arriving from areas considered to be low risk. The Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, said last week that new arrivals from such places would only need to spend 14 days in hotels instead of 21. Joseph Tsang from the Medical Association told RTHK he was concerned that the relaxation could allow mutated strains of the COVID-19 to enter the SAR. I think the government should keep a close eye on the situation's update from countries around the world, uh, not just only for those high-risk areas, but also from those uh, low-risk uh, countries. In particular, on the data of the variant mutants in particular countries. So the quarantine period for those arriving to Hong Kong has to be adjusted accordingly. Vendors at a wet market in Yautong say they're taking extra hygiene measures, with some saying they're not allowing customers to touch their produce after it was hit with a compulsory testing order. The test mandate was issued for anyone who has spent at least two hours in the Leiyu Mun Plaza market after health officials said a man who visited daily had tested positive for COVID-19. Some residents of the neighbourhood told RTHK that they had stopped going to the market after news of the customer's diagnosis emerged yesterday. New Zealand and Australia have confirmed plans to open up a quarantine-free travel bubble, with the flights to begin on the night of April the 18th. New Zealand's Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, made the announcement at a news conference in Wellington within the past hour. I can confirm that quarantine-free travel between New Zealand and Australia will commence in just under two weeks' time, from 11.59pm Sunday, April 18th. This is an important step forward in our COVID response and represents an arrangement I do not believe we have seen in any other part of the world, that is, safely opening up international travel to another country while continuing to pursue a strategy of elimination and a commitment to keeping the virus out. New Zealand closed its borders more than a year ago, though New Zealanders have been asked to travel to some Australian states without undergoing quarantine there. France is stepping up its vaccination campaign against the coronavirus by opening more than 35 huge vaccination centres across the country. The government's aim is to be sufficiently in control of the virus so that lockdown restrictions can begin to be eased next month. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports from Paris. With the whole of France in lockdown since Saturday and for four weeks, the government's pushing ahead fast with its vaccination programme. The 38 mega vaccination centres are central to the campaign. At the Stade de France, they're hoping to vaccinate 10,000 people a week, mainly from the Seine-Saint-Denis department north of central Paris, which is one of the worst hit in France. Other well-known stadiums, like those of the main football teams of Lyon and Marseille, are also being used as centres. But there are still worries about the flow of deliveries, as well as about the resistance that many people are continuing to express towards the AstraZeneca vaccine. At least 150 people are now known to have died in Indonesia and East Timor after a tropical cyclone hit a number of islands, causing severe flooding and landslides. Dozens more people are missing and thousands have been left homeless. 
Cyclone Saroja smashed into the islands of central Indonesia on Monday, causing widespread damage on Flores before moving on to Timor, the east of which is independent from Indonesia. The police chief in the US city of Minneapolis has testified that the white officer on trial for the murder of George Floyd violated the department's policy on the use of force during his arrest. Chief Medaria Arredondo told the court that Derek Chauvin should have stopped kneeling on George Floyd's neck when he was no longer resisting and was verbalizing his distress. To continue to apply that level of force to a person proned out, handcuffed behind their back, that in no way, shape or form is anything that um, is by policy, is not part of our training, and it is certainly not part of our ethics or our values. Mr Chauvin has denied multiple charges of murder and manslaughter. You're listening to RTHK. The time is almost five minutes past one. The US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she's pushing the G20 economic powers to agree on a global minimum corporate tax rate to end a 30-year competitive race to the bottom. She said governments need stable tax systems that allow them to raise enough revenue to invest in essential public activities. Together we can use a global minimum tax to make sure the global economy thrives based on a more level playing field in the taxation of multinational corporations and spurs innovation, growth and prosperity. President Biden is planning a 1.9 trillion US dollar stimulus package for the American economy and proposes to raise the minimum corporate tax rate to help pay for it. The governor of the US state of Arkansas has vetoed a bill that would have made the state the first in the country to prevent doctors from providing certain types of medical care to transgender youths. Asa Hutchinson said the bill represented too much interference by the state in the private affairs of transgender children and their families. House Bill 1570 would put the state as the definitive oracle of medical care overriding parents, patients, and health care experts. While in some instances the state must act to protect life, the state should not presume to jump into the middle of every medical, human, and ethical issue. At least 16 other states are considering similar bans. Transgender groups have challenged such legislation, saying it would cut off important care and would inevitably lead to more suicides. A second fissure has opened up and begun spraying lava into the air from an Icelandic volcano which has been erupting near the capital Reykjavik for the last two weeks. The new fissure is a kilometre away from the first eruption in the Gediljangur Valley. Tourists visiting the volcano spitting flames and smoke have been evacuated. The eruption is happening far from populated areas. To sport, and West Ham United beat Wolverhampton Wanderers to move back into the top four of the English Premier League table. The Hammers won 3-2 at Molyneux and are a point clear of Chelsea and three ahead of both Tottenham and Liverpool, with eight games to go. Former Tottenham and England centre-back Michael Dawson was there. Fantastic night for West Ham. First half performance, they did enough to hold on. Second half, Rui Patricio, I don't think he had a save to make. Wolves, they huffed and puffed, and when they got back to 3-2, you think, can they go on and get the equaliser? They couldn't. The, the Fabianski in the end, you're thinking, go on, last five, ten minutes, is it going to be chucked in the box? It wasn't, and, and in the end, I thought West Ham were going to be under more pressure than they were. 
In the night's other game, Everton missed out on the chance to get closer to the top four as Mishé Batsushai's goal gave Crystal Palace a share of the points at Goodison Park. The European Champions League resumes overnight when the quarter-finals get underway. The BBC's football correspondent, John Murray, looks ahead to the matches. Manchester City against Borussia Dortmund and Liverpool at Real Madrid. The runaway Premier League leaders Manchester City could hardly be in better form as they again try to make it past the quarter-finals of the Champions League for the first time under Pep Guardiola. The possibility of Borussia Dortmund's brilliant young goalscorer Erling Haaland ending up at City this summer will be a big part of the story there. While in Madrid, stories of a possible move to Real for Liverpool's Mo Salah continue to rumble on. They meet for the first time since the dramatic final in Kiev won by Real when Salah was taken out by opposition captain Sergio Ramos. He's out injured, but Liverpool will feel there is a score to be settled. North Korea's sports ministry has said the country will not participate in this summer's Tokyo Olympics to protect its athletes from the coronavirus infection. The ministry's news service said the decision was made late last month. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports. The country completely sealed its borders in January last year to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So it's perhaps no surprise that Pyongyang is unwilling to break this countrywide quarantine and send a delegation to Japan in July. In South Korea, there had been hopes by President Moon that the Games would rekindle talks with the North. The two sides, which are officially still at war, entered a joint team at the Winter Olympics in 2018, which led to a number of historic summits between the country's leaders. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A medical expert cautions against easing up on hotel quarantine rules. Vendors at a wet market in Yautong step up hygiene measures after a shopper contracts COVID-19. And New Zealand and Australia set the date for the launch of their travel bubble. And that's all the news from RTHK. Thanks, Barry. And back with the Morning Brew, extended till two with James Ross, Keith Goodman with vinyl in a moment. Oh my God, oh my God, this feeling's just begun. I'm saying things I've never said, doing things I've never done. Oh my God, oh my God, when I see you, I should have run. But I'm frozen in motion, and my head tells me to stop, tells me to stop. Feeling, things, feeling, things I feel about us. But it's never enough My heart is hurting It's more than a crush Cause I'm frozen in motion And my head tells me to stop But my heart goes
Heart Joel Corey, big hit for him. Uh, we are going to talk vinyl now with our vinyl guru, uh, Keith Goodman. Keith, how are you? I'm very well. Well, minus a fractured ankle, I'm great. Oh dear. <laughs> Just on the oh mend. dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lots of time at home for listening to records. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Have you had a good Easter? Has it been good for you? Um, pretty quiet, yeah. I've been at home. Yeah. Actually, I've been um, DIYing some shelves to put the vinyl on. Oh, so quite, got, quite relevant to the show, in fact. You, you've got so many of them now. How many have you got? Yeah. Yeah, well, Thousands, This right? is a relatively recent, um, a re-addiction for me. Yeah. It started about a year ago. I started getting back into vinyl again. So I probably ought to um, to name-check my predecessor on this, which is Nick Langford, who um, it's his fault for, for getting me back into vinyl again, something <laughs> I thought I'd got out of in my teenage years. So, yeah. But but in Hong Kong, probably mm, a couple of hundred. Yeah, yeah. Which is, well, which is quite a lot for the small flats of Hong Kong. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely, and it, it, I, I've seen some of your Facebook posts. You seem to be acquiring them at a rate of knots as well. So you must need some shelving well, or something it, to put it them is on. Genuinely, an addiction. But as addictions go, I'd, I'd like to think it's one of the healthier ones. <laughs> My wife might not agree. She, she may not. We should get her on the line and find out. Um, you know, I guess one of the things, and we were just saying about this just now. Uh, the, the, one of the reasons, though, for buying vinyl is because of the extras that you get in terms of like the illustrations, the pictures, the photos, but also the inside, the the sleeve notes. And the, and the Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I grew up with before CDs. <laughs> Some would say I never grew up, but anyway. Mm. <laughs> so I was buying vinyls as a, as a teenager with my pocket money and, and just having the, the weight of the record and, the, you know, being able to look through the sleeve and read the lyrics while you were listening to the to the music that 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 sort of tan tangibility is that a word mm, <laughs> it was I all part of the um the music buying experience for me and so yeah we just the first one we're queuing up here is is a a beatles album that's got a, a nice gatefold sleeve and a, a booklet with some you know really fun pictures of the beatles and a little cartoon strip inside as well so and i was 